0: You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. Great. So my name is Susanna. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thanks so much. Wendy, for asking me to speak, and thank you, uh, Selma, for um, being a great part of my life. I have known Selma for a long, long time, and I'm really grateful to see how much service she has done. And I just want to really thank you for that. I'll start off. I'll show you a couple of pictures. I hope these are going to be. We'll be able to see them. Um, so. That's uh, one picture of me. <laughs> and um, here's another picture of me? So, when, um, so my hot, so I hope you're able to see those. If you want to see them again at the end, just let me know and I'll, I'll hold them up again. So, I was probably my highest weight was 200 pounds or a little more, I had stopped weighing myself because I told myself that if I ever got to 200, I was going to commit suicide, but I was too chicken to do that. And I, um, thank God never did. I actually had lost some weight. And, um, when I came into, um, OA but, um, that was when I was um, on the ground, um, surrendering to a degree that I had never experienced before. My first OA meeting was sometime, I think it was about 1976. And I I went to the meeting. It was very small, maybe six, possibly eight people. Uh, the leader slash speaker had three months of abstinence and uh, all of the people were much older than I was. I didn't relate to them. And I, um, bottom line is that I didn't go back. What happened though, is I ended up becoming clinically depressed. I had never been clinically depressed before I didn't know anybody who had been clinically depressed and I um, I, I really did not know what to to do. I had um, done therapy. I had um, tried religion and I uh, read a lot of self-help books and I I I was at my wit's end, and what happened is, through the grace of God, I remembered the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous, and I knew that I needed a spiritual experience. I needed spirituality. I didn't really know I needed a spiritual experience. I just knew I needed um, spirituality. I knew that was missing in my life, and so I went to an OA meeting. And then long story short, I um, I ended up moving. And so I went to an OA meeting, went to a couple of meetings, and then I moved. I moved to Corvallis, Oregon. And I knew that there was one OA meeting there a, a week. And I didn't know anybody there, except I had a brother who was in veterinary school there. And so I ended up, Going to this meeting, I was desperate. The woman sitting next to me said she would sponsor me. I said, yes. She said, buy a big book. I did. She said, start reading it, changing the words from alcoholic to compulsive overeater. I did. I also was told not to drink, that that was a form of sugar, so I stopped drinking. I, um, I'm i going to fast forward I spent five years in, in Oregon, um, about three months in Corvallis. I got to the four-step with my sponsor. Um, what I learned from her too was she didn't have a telephone at home, and but she did at work. So she would call me on a daily basis uh, during the work week. And um, that taught me... Um, the importance of being in touch on a very regular basis with a sponsor. So I ended up moving to Portland. I got a sponsor there. Long story short, I moved to Cor- to Eugene. Um, I ended up having a, can't even remember the name of it, but I was in a, a, a work position where a Watts line, so I could call anywhere without being charged for it, because when I came in, you were charged for. Um, if I was to call, I believe Redwood City. I live in San Mateo. There was a there was a fee, and so long story short, um, there was a woman who um, sponsored me long distance from Portland, and then um, I ended up moving back to California, where I'm originally from. And I uh, got a sponsor here who was with me for nine years, and then she passed away. And that sponsor um, worked with me again, a lot in the big book, and um, with the the 12 and 12. And the big book did something for me, it, um I believed it, number one, and I believed that I could have a spiritual experience, and I I just believed everything they said, and one of the things that I read, and I'll read it, um, and I memorized it. I read it the first uh, six years of my recovery. It's on page um, 84, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, for by this time sanity will return. We will seldom be interested in overeating. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards food has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe, and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. This is our experience. This is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And that was my mission statement for what I wanted in um, Overeaters Anonymous. I didn't want to be fighting anymore. I didn't want to be fighting with food. I didn't want to be fighting with myself. I really did not want to be fighting within my head. And that was probably the biggest thing that in my recovery um, has um, has underlined my compulsive overeating, and it's why I'm still involved in the program because I may not have, and I literally, these are promises, and I have absolutely no desire to eat sugar, which is, I was crazy about, and I was crazy about it because in my family, I was I was the only girl, we didn't have an extended family. My um, father was an immigrant, my mother was the first child born here of an immigrant family, um, and my parents had moved. Um, they were both far away when they met each other from their families. And then um, when they got married and moved to where my dad was working, they did, there was, they were, there was not, um, a big support system for them other than their employment. So, um, so long story short, um, I was the, I, for the first two years of my life, I got to be the center of attention. And then, um, my mom had another baby or she thought she was having another baby, but it ended up being two babies. She ended up having twins. So I kind of got pushed, put to the side, um, because my mom's hands were full and um my mom would um give me carrots and give me I don't know what else um to you know because she couldn't juggle three um children two years and younger um you know that's a difficult situation so um food became love for me and um and I really was able to see that after working the steps, um, and after um you know being in the in the program for I don't know how many years is when I really saw that I was um misusing I, I was misusing food and I I, I, I didn't know any better uh, so um. But it patterned, you know, like when I was uncomfortable, um, when my mom started going to work, you know, I would come home and um, she had change for us. And there was this colonial uh, donut um, or colonial bakery had a truck that would come in the afternoon. And so I would get money and go buy donuts and um, and we had a freezer. Um, I have three brothers and, you know, so there was a, there was a lot of food because my, my mom was working. She'd stock up the freezer. Um, I had brothers who liked sweets too, although not to the the degree that I did, um, I would eat, you know, gallons of, or not gallons, but, um, those boxes of ice cream and you know the whole nine yards so what happened to me when i came in and i started using the big book was that things started lifting and the first thing that lifted for me was ice cream and this promise came true automatically it was a a psychic change for me and but what what worked for me and i don't know how it worked but as I continued to work with the big book and get into it more and more, food certain foods would leave. And then what happened is that it ended up um, creating a structured um, food plan for myself. I tried doing a lot of um, tailor-made food plans in the program, out of the program, but what really was happening was things were lifting. And I've once something lifted, I never went back to it. And that for me was the automatic um, that we will find that this has happened automatically. There's a lot of stuff in my house um, that doesn't even call to me. I have absolutely no, I, I, I don't even like sweet things um, really anymore. I, um, have lost my sweet tooth. If I go into a restaurant that like has a fruit salad, um, I have been known to ask my husband to taste it because I think it's, I think they've it doctored it with sugar because for me, it just tastes too sweet. So I'm not, uh, I there, that's a miracle too, that, you know, I never thought that I would, um, I never, ever thought I would put down baked goods, and I could care less. I also remember going into a um, Baskin-Robbins, and um, it smelled like chemicals to me, and um, going to a bakery and um, looking at the pastries and this and that, and loving the artwork that went into um, what was drawn on this, um, uh, cake or whatever. So, um, my, my sponsor, Jean was, um, extremely important to me when I came back. Um, she had a very depthful spiritual life. She was a chaplain for Seton Hospital, and, um, she was there for me and really, really, Um, sponsored and mentored me in a way that um really was um uh i I don't have any any words for it um she just was such a help to me um i when she passed away i knew that i needed it to get a sponsor before she died um because i didn't trust that um there are a couple of things early on that i didn't trust i had a dog named luna she was a German Shepherd. We found her. Um, she was my first real understanding of a the the concept of something that a God that will love me um, unconditionally. Not that she was my God in any way, shape, or form, but that unconditional love was something that really, really um, affected me, and it affected me very early on. So I had these like very strong um, experiences, uh, and I believe that that really helped shape me. In five more minutes. Five minute warning. Thank you. Okay, great. It it began to really shape me. The other thing that really shaped me was working the steps. I don't know how many times I've worked the steps. I um uh I am from the group of people that I do work, um, I do four steps on a regular basis. I um, have found that uh, working through the big book and um, working through the first 164 pages um, has um, um, given me um, and built um, spiritual awakenings to a degree that it is truly beyond my wildest dreams. And the most difficult experiences that I've had in my life, primarily, um, I had a um, situation that was threatening of my life. And when I uh, worked through that, because there was a court case involved in it also, I um, I was, it wasn't the court case part of it. It was... The, something else that um, happened with that. I just can't go into a lot of detail with it because I've signed paperwork and this and that. But um, what happened is that it was beyond my wildest dreams, the outcome of what happened. And so I've learned that when things are difficult for me, how important it is for me to to um, trust and build trust and i and especially when things are really tough i have to be constant <laughs> i have to be in touch with people on um of, and i call it bookending i call somebody um a lot um i i just need to really be walked through some situations and even today when things um pop up That um, tip that piece of trauma that actually goes back to um, when I was a a core belief when I was little of not being heard when my um, these two little um, twins came into my life um, by my parents. Um, That information inside me. can take me out very easily and it hasn't i believe because i i i work very strongly with my program i um i i never i didn't really know what i was going to talk about and i hope that you can pull something out of that um i i could go on for hours and days because I've been here for a long time and because there have been so many miracles and there are so many things that work in my life today but not enough time so I'll have to come back and I thank you all for um, listening.